For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. You, between you, me, the tree, rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 394 of Goo of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. <laughs> and I'm your host, Will Witten. Buddy, we got an episode of Mandalorian to talk about this week. Do we? Boy, do we. Can I first just say, Will, dude, I totally miss you. <laughs> I totally miss you. Dude, dude I totally, I miss, totally miss you. All, all the, the time. time. I miss the honesty, and honestly, I totally miss the fucked up thing you do. Um, I, uh, yeah. Well, buddy, I, so, just to give the listeners a heads up, you and I have not talked one second about this week's episode of <coughs> Mandalorian. Not one. We have we have officially hit my favorite celebrity cameo in Star Wars. <laughs> it's and it's fucking Dude, weird. It's because it was packed. It was well, not just that. The fucking I brim, buddy. I don't know if you remember Monday night when we were hanging out playing Fortnite. We had an extended conversation on how much we like Jack Black. And yeah, uh, I remember that. I wonder if he'll ever be in Star Wars. This is a goddamn simulation, uh, William. <laughs> That's fucking right. weird. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about Mandalorian. There is maybe one or two other little Star Wars things. Obviously, Star Wars Celebration is like a couple of hours from really kicking off. Mm -hmm. um, so, next week is going to be packed. In fact, um, for the listeners, I believe... Our old pal King Tom and I are going to try to link up sometime this Friday or Saturday, sometime this weekend, and record a, a, a bonus Blue Harvest episode just going over any big celebration news, which, of course, we'll hit again with Will next week along with a new episode of Mandalorian. But, you know, i got a still got a couple of extra episodes I need to make up so we hit 400 on our eight-year anniversary. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> we're going to get to all that very shortly, but before then, if you're listening to the show and you're like, damn, 
hear all this talk about social media and Twitch and all that. How do I find that again? Easy and easy, easily, easily done. Blueharvest.rocks or myweirdfoot.com for all your Blue Harvest needs. You'll find links to our Twitter or Instagram or Twitch where I've been streaming like crazy. I've, I've kicked up the streaming schedule even more since I don't have my second job anymore. You know, trying to build into build that into a little something, something. You should come hang out. We got Will playing Dead by Daylight with us now. It's a mm-hmm. lot of fun. Uh, there's fighting games, spooky games, weird games, all kinds of stuff going on. Sometimes we just get on there and goof goof about. So come hang out, twitch.tv. Yeah, you know what? That's exactly what goes on. Will, I'm glad you mentioned it. New mm-hmm. boot goofing uh, at twitch.tv slash blueharvestpod. And, of course, also on our website, you can find a link to our Patreon, where if you really enjoy the show, you can support us for as little as $3 a month and get access to all our bonus episodes. This week, we had a... You know, an immediate reaction to The Mandalorian. And Steele and I sat down to record another Hall's Calls. This one's two hours. That means there is five hours total of Steele and Hall's Hall's Calls content lately on the Patreon. So check it out. And Triple A. Uh, yeah, man. Triple A content. It doesn't get better than that. It's going to keep coming. There's other stuff besides that. You know, once once we're out of Star Wars season, then I'll flip the switch and we'll be hitting you guys with oh no it's hall solos and uh <laughs> rogue two and uh masters of harvest kasi or cooking with will and you know yeah. all those other shows so yeah patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast and a big shout out to our patrons you guys are the best and we appreciate you um so buddy how's your week been crazy yeah but good. okay <laughs> so we got a wild ass wild ass did i mention it was wild wild ass episode of mandalorian this week and uh i don't know man with all the cameos and all the stuff that happened kind of blew my mind at the back of my skull yeah i mean this was so much i feel like i need to watch it a couple more times yeah i i watched it again just because Listen, like, I was very excited to see Jack Black. I love Christopher Lloyd, Doc Brown, head ass. So, you know, mm-hmm. they were awesome. You know, they also distracted me a little bit on the first viewing. Right. Now that I'm the not. The combination yeah. of Jack Black and Lizzo, I'm like, whoa, I'm kind of blown away just by the two of them. That is the first being time. Being Star Wars nobles. I'm like, whoa. That is the first time in my entire life I've laid eyes on Lizzo. Oh really? Yeah, I I know of Lizzo. I'm familiar that Lizzo is a celebrity, but okay. I had no idea that was her in that scene. I was like, this is clearly, you know, some other sort of famous person, like a cameo, because you know it's shot like one, and yeah, maybe not the strongest actor in the scenes, but I don't go to Star Wars for you know. Uh, a plus gold star <laughs> acting most of the time so it wasn't you're not, that you're not always gonna get an Alec Guinness right um but yeah and it wasn't until later uh I think our our pal Hannah is the one that told me that was Lizzo I was like I'll be damned okay well I knew it was somebody <clears throat> show is 
the star power just kind of blows you away at first. And they're so good. And Jack Black's beard looks so fucking good. It was crazy. Like, styled up. Mm-hmm. It look he looks the part of like a once imperial noble and you know head manager. <laughs> um Royal. So, you know, and and it listen, I was already stoked about the Jack Black stuff, but I say it all the time on this show, right? I like when Star right. Wars gets weird. I don't yeah. need every Star Wars to be weird. Uh-uh. But when yeah. they throw a weird weird one at me, I love it. And yep. this was weird. So I really like this. I really like this episode. I love that Grogu was enticed by the, you know, sardines. Well, buddy. <laughs> I, I'm going to be completely honest with you, Will. So far, there is not a single reason for Grogu to be in the show story-wise, right? Like, right. be back with Din Djarin yet. Well, you know what? But I'm going to step that back a little bit already. I, I, I will raise you this. He has been in peril and lost on some quest for basically two seasons. Right. To me, it's kind of nice watching the kid be able to do some kid stuff. You know, while hanging out with his dad. You know what I mean? Like, he's not necessarily in this shit. You know, and mm-hmm. when, and if he were, you know, you would think, Din Djarin, why are you taking your son and all this super dangerous special operation shit? You know, like, mm-hmm. there are consequences to that shit eventually. Right. So it makes sense that he leaves him somewhere safe for some of this super dangerous shit. Right. Yeah, no, I totally get that, right? Like, of course that makes sense, but... It's been a lot of like, well, you know, what? I actually, I, I was saying I'm going to go ahead and step it back. Like we saw him, we're seeing him sort of get uh, acclimated to the Mandalorian way of life. Like the armor made him that new special piece of armor. He went and went to Bo-Katan and, you know, told her that Din needed help. So yeah, he served some story purpose, but otherwise... He'd be just fine still training with Luke for a little bit, you know? Right. This is true. Um, so. It, it, I but, think they know how popular that character is. Well, of course they do. And so of you, course you, they you have to have him with like, his dad. Yeah, yeah, well, no, they know how popular he is for sure. And he's popular for good damn reason because that puppet is fucking cute, dude. Fucking adorable. Oh, my God. Adorable, right? Like, like uh, you know, big ups Everything to those Everything that puppeteers. sweet little boy does. Everything. Like, go, go, Grogu. You're like, you're the man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, but, so, you know, the whole... Okay. Just to start with the beginning, I was immediately in when that Quarren ship shows up. The first shot of the episode with that Quarren, weird Quarren ship, I was like, okay, cool. I'm here. I'm in. Because... What do I always say, Will? I want to see new ships and shit. I love new X-Wings. ships. And you were talking about embracing the weird a little bit. Like I feel, I think this was probably a Bryce Dallas Howard touch. The little romance, you know, between them taking the bounty back. It was a like it was a romantic thing. Like the two of them were in love, and it was like forbidden Romeo Juliet love. Like I assume because one is a Mon Calamari and the other is a mm-hmm. ooh. What is the Quarren. what is Akbar's a Quarren? Like, no, that is Ma- Akbar is a Mon Calamari. The squid, okay, is the Quarren. <laughs> is the Quarren? Um, and like that love is forbidden because those races hate each other. 
Um, but like the weird ship, it had almost like it teetered on the edge of like a Star Trek vibe there in those opening scenes too. Absolutely. Um, yeah. The scene with her eating the fish and then the flush, the captain's chair, the flush into the captain's chair. That shit was neat as fuck. Whoever was. came up with that, I was like, that was fucking cool. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't matter if that was Star Wars or not. Um, and then so we get, you know, reintroduced to old Axe Woves from season two, who barely had any, if at all any dialogue in season two and he sure made up for it this season damn he sure did in this, this one, one episode. episode yeah um all aimed at being dislikable like the whole gist is that you're not supposed to like him and you don't effectively so well yeah i got you get i personally got a little turned around on him at the end at least you know yeah. um but you know it, it does a good job of establishing like they're mercenaries they're privateers but they're not like evil right like they're not gonna just you know if they were evil they would get the kid back blow up the quarren ship they're not looking for that they just want to get the guy they went after they're good to go yeah. right yeah um and then it cuts to dinjar and, and bokatan who by the way since the armorer was like hey you can take your helmet off now she was like i'm never wearing it again no matter how many fights i'm getting in i ain't wearing my helmet um well you know if Katie Sackhoff is available for the paycheck, you know, Pedro Pascal posted up in, a, in the voiceover room. I am not complaining one bit. Katie Sackhoff's a pretty lady. Show me as much. She's a good as actress. As she, yeah. she is badass and stern and feminine at the same time. You know what yeah, I mean? Like uh, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, you show heat. me as much Katie Sackhoff as you want. I'm not complaining. I just think it's funny that, like, you know. They were like, yeah, you don't have to wear your helmet anymore. And she was like, well, I'm leaving this shit here while we go visit my old frenemies, Axe Woves and Casca Anti-Vax Reeves or whatever that other lady's mm-hmm. name is, right? Right. They show up on a fucking Mass Effect planet. That's what's happened. That's yeah. what happens. It's yeah. 100% a Mass Effect planet. 100%. Mm. A little Star Trekky kind of in the way you were talking about. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and then like, you know, they, they go there, there's like this really cool sort of black backstory about the planet, about how it's independent, you know, it's on the outer rim. They go, basically it's whole backstory since, cause this plays back towards separatists, you know, like mm-hmm. the villain was basically a separatist. He was a Count Dooku loyalist, a, a Count Dooku fanboy. We'll get to that. I did not see that coming. Um, did not see that coming either. But they show up, and the minute the... So, like, you know, they make them go to the dinner, right? They're like, this isn't a request. And the minute the door opened, and the first little bit of dialogue from Jack Black happened, before they even really showed who it was, I'm squeeing. I'm squealing. I'm like, (laughs) oh, my God, it's Jack Black. Oh, my God, I got somebody I could cosplay as. Holy shit, look at that. I was so excited. I love Jack Black so much. Me too, dude. He's um, the man. One of those wholesome guys who's a, a, a really a great actor, but an excellent comedic actor, an excellent rock guitarist, musician, I gotta singer. Say, he had, yeah. for the, a while, mainly seemingly during like the pandemic, he, he had a YouTube channel going. 
called mm-hmm. uh, Jables Gaming or something like that. It was is basically mm-hmm. him playing video games and hanging out with his family. Delightful dude. <laughs> J- D- Tony Hawk was in an episode where Jack's kids had built a half pipe in pipe half pipe half pipe in their backyard. So he came out over to test it and play Tony Hawk with Jack Black and his sons and stuff. It was just delightful. I love Jack Black. So, look, I've seen people say, and I've had people say to me, he was a little distracting. I get it. I was distracted mm-hmm. too, but I loved it. I was blown away. Yeah. But the art stands, and that's what's important, like, over time. Like, I'm pretty sure when you look back on this episode over time and you watch it again, you're like, that was good. No, That was so really good. They killed it. They now, slayed it. Like, now that I know he's in the episode and it's not like, holy shit, it's, it's somebody I really <laughs> like. Um, watching it the second time it didn't bother me one bit. I was just able to enjoy the story in the episode. I mean, it's shocking. <laughs> the one-two punch of Lizzo, Jack Black, and then you hit me again with Christopher Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it was, it was overwhelming. Honestly. No, it was. And listen, was it maybe a little too many, a, a few too many celebrity cameos? Maybe, but I don't care. I don't care. Don't care. Yeah, that's to say, excellent actors. Yep. Excellent actors. Um, now, remember, we have been talking for like a year and a half or so about how supposedly Christopher Lloyd was going to be in this season. That's one of those rumors that's been going around for a little while now. Um, okay. So it was interesting to see it pay off. I guess um, I had forgotten about that. And I'll say this. I would have never expected them to do a buddy cop episode where uh, Din Djarin and Bo-Katan are investigating, you know, a CSI crime. CSI Star Wars. Yeah. I would never have expected that, and much less would never have expected that I would like it as much as I did. But let me tell you, buddy, every time they did one of those fucking boom, boom, crime show tropes. Like, yep. It made me laugh every time. Dude, right? They examined the body and the cooler. Oh, my God, dude. They they did the tropey morgue scene, but it was a battle droid that they pulled out. Great. They went to the droid bar. Oh, dude. uh, I've got a they lot went, to say about the droid bar. It was good cop, bad cop, yep. right? Like, yep, they did good cop, and, bad cop. Uh-huh. Um, they maintain good cop, bad cop through this whole thing because it's focused around droids because he's, like, racist against droids. Yeah, he hates droids because droids killed his family. I mean, I get it, but... I get it, yeah, I think yeah, at yeah. this point, maybe he should loosen up a little bit. He's met some good droids. Um, the Ugnot scene? Perfect. Like that was yeah, perfect. When the, yes, it was. When he when he brought it full circle and brought uh, brought up our boy Queel and dropped the I have spoken, like yeah, loved it. The, Pretty sure the lady, the voice of the lady, is the mother from Andor. You know the 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 mother of the bad guy. Oh the 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 mother that's always talking about your uncle harlow is gonna get you a job and i did not know i didn't notice that that's interesting i might be wrong but it sounded like her it sounded just like her um the image i i'm going to have to figure out how to clip out clip this out and turn it into a gif but din kicking those droids over and over again until he found the bad one laughed every time he did it 
Dude, and it was a, um, it was a st- like a good cop, bad cop thing. Yeah. Yep. Oh, do you have to keep kicking them? Oh, I found the one that worked, or I, I found the, I found the one that was infected, or whatever it is he said. Uh huh. Um, I loved in the droid bar that like. They they crammed a bunch of different tri- types of droids in there. To me, the star of the show was that metallic blue C-3PO guy. The 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 protocol droid that, you know, looks like C-3PO, but instead of being gold, he was metallic blue. Ooh, yeah. I was like, shit, that looks cool. I like that. Yeah, it does I like cool. that a lot. The two droids, when they landed, you know, that greeted them, uh-huh. like, I, they the looked shiny, pretty cool. Yeah, the shiny black uh, Imperial droids. And then the astromech, yeah. Um, the uh, did you notice that there was a couple of um, Rexes in there? And by Rex, I mean the droid that's the pilot on Star Tours and is the DJ in the Cantina at Galaxy's yeah. Edge. I saw those guys. Yep. yep. I mean, they're in and like the cook droid from the Book of Boba Fett and Attack of the Clones. Like they just. They did so many of them. They got old Matthew Wood. They brought him out of the sound effect closet and were like, do the, do the battle droid voice again, Matthew Wood. And he was like, all right, I got it. Roger, Roger. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I really like the droid bar scene. Now, listen, was it silly? Yes. I fully admit it was silly. And They chased down the perp running through the well, alleys and shit, dude. The, the thing that, it got the slightest little eye roll from me, but this is this is literally an episode I like so much that I kind of have to bring up small shit, right? Just so I don't sound like a raving lunatic about this goofy episode of Mandalorian. But mm-hmm. they did the Star Wars thing that Star Wars does a lot where it's like, okay, when you have to explain something, throw a bunch of jargon at them, right? So, you know, when they, they do the autopsy scene with the super battle droid, they're like, they talk about whatever this is. Um, um, this lubricant that they they get at the droid bar that also like updates their firmware and how there's nano droids and all like they just threw yeah. a lot of fucking jargon at the screen to explain what I'm fine with well, it. Well, it's it's using kind of concepts of modern science fiction <laughs> that hadn't really been in Star Wars before. You know what I mean? Like, right. And I'm sure it's kind of an homage to like what George has said he intended for the sequels to be with, you know, the story of the midichlorians or whatever. Right. Um, but um, now I, I, I'll be honest with you. I could probably do without them leaning really hard on the idea of nano droids in the yeah. future. Like for this explanation, that's fine. But yeah, um, when Steele and I were talking about it on calls he brought up something that i definitely agree with as far as like the mcu is concerned like once nanobots got introduced into the mcu that was the explanation for everything spider-man suit is nanobots that this is nanobots Ooh, what about the nanobots i i don't foresee them doing that in, in star wars i just hope they don't you know um right the but yeah so like then they go back to see old Christopher Lloyd and he's a okay so when they first introduced him right and he kind of like laid out that they live in this sort of wally spaceship society where nobody works Mm -hmm. and they just all the robots do the work for them 
I was kind of right. like, I think this guy might be the bad guy, talking about Christopher Lloyd. I did not think his cameo was going to be any longer than it was. I kind of thought his scene was it. The fact that they came back around to him, I was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so my guess, like when I thought he might be the bad guy, I was like, oh, it's because he thinks everybody's lazy and, you know, they, they're good for nothing. They don't really work. They let the droids do everything. Did not expect it to be that he was a Count Dooku fanboy. When he said, was like, Count Dooku was a visionary before Bo-Katan hit him with the shocker. Oof. Yeah, it's. I loved it. You know, they may be playing Christopher Lloyd right. What if he aligns with Tarkin? Um, not Tarkin. Uh, Moff Gideon. What if he becomes part of the big bad? Oh, I, I think that's all we're going to see of him. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Like, just the way it was all wrapped up and stuff. Um, I do, man, when he was like, separatist is a pejorative term. Oof. Um, and I felt like his motivation was kind of weird. It was. I almost weird. didn't understand why he did it. No, me neither. Like, listen, there was some stuff I had to overlook in this episode, and I happily did it this time because I enjoyed it so much. Um and then, like, you know, the ceremonial wrap-up where they they knighted Grogu and gave Bo-Katan the key to the city, this giant key. It was so corny and silly. <laughs> but once again, I didn't fucking care. I loved it. Get weird. Let us get weird for an episode, all right? We you got you, you talk about the, the fantasy, the actual you know, space opera fantasy of it. Like that's it. That's it right there. Yeah. Like that is the best, a space opera. Like that's the best example of it. <laughs> in One episode. We got two more episodes this season. I'm sure it's going to be very serious and very, you know, that like there's going to be some, some, some heavy shit going on in the next two episodes. That's fine. Give us a little fucking weird and goofy to catch our breath and have a good time with. Before that, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so like, you know, the, the episode ends with them finally getting to go meet up with Bo-Katan's old homies. And it really brings the heavy there. Yeah. And I got to say, really liked the Bo-Katan versus Axe Woes fight. I thought I was, it was about cool. to say, I was kind of worried about how that was going to go down. So, like you said, super satisfied with how that came out. Like. Super satisfied. It was like it really loved the fight, loved mm -hmm. the dialogue. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't too long. Like I could see the desire to make like the fight between these two Mandalorians way too long, right? Like way too quote unquote epic and long. It wasn't anime, anime style. It was just link. You know the the length of it was just perfect. We got them to see them pretty much use a lot of their Mandalorian, you know, gadgets and the whole thing. They used the jetpacks in the fight. It was great. <clears throat> I told you, buddy. I've been saying the the ultimate holder of the dark saber wasn't going to be Din Djarin. Now, <laughs> I didn't expect the loophole. The loophole right. that they used, while makes sense. I didn't yeah. expect, and like, listen. It's a little deus ex machina of the situation. It is, and by the way, that Darksaber ain't been a, a fucking factor for five episodes before this either, right? Like, yeah. 
except for that one episode where we see them both use it, and then in this episode when Din chopped that one droid in half. But like, right. nobody at the covert has said a damn thing to Din. Like, hey man, that's cool that you got the dark saber. I think that kind of means you lead us. You know what I mean? Has yeah. not been a factor. Now all of a sudden it's like, well, what about well, the I dark guess- saber? Well, I mean, they make it a point to talk about that, you know, kind of like it really only means it to her kind. Like the Darksaber, I don't think means anything to the. Oh, no, it does. Because remember, Paz uh, challenged Din I for think it. He yeah, he challenges him for it. But I think everybody thinks that Paz can't beat him for it. I can't. Well, like, that's a good, you know what, that's a solid way of thinking is if that is the case. <laughs> I mean, if if it's by combat, <laughs> trial by combat, if he beat Paz Vizsla, like, I don't think I can best him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I think, you know, obviously, as far as the the overall plot of the season, really the only part of this episode that mattered as far as that is concerned is the beginning and the end, right, with her getting the Darksaber back. But the middle part was so fun that, like, it made it fun getting between those two points. And it is justified when you think about it. She did save his ass, like, no, no, with I mean, the dark saber. The like, loophole showed makes sense. off better than he has ever used it. Mm-hmm. But, and Steele brought this up to me. You know, Steele's, you know, with peace and love, he's struggling a little bit with this season. He's definitely having fun with it, but, you know, he's struggling a little bit. I, I mean, and, I can kind of understand. It's different than the last two in a big oh, way. Oh, I, I understand it, too. I've had my own issues. It, like, this is by no means a perfect season. I don't think it's as good as either of the first two. I'm holding the ultimate judgment of that until we get the last two episodes, though. You know? But, like, I was talking to Steve. Steve and his wife, Cindy, just started watching it. So they're, like, two episodes in. They're really enjoying it. And I told him, like, you know, there's a good chance this season ends up being my least favorite of The Mandalorian. But every show I love has a weaker season, right? Like, season three of Lost, season four of Buffy, whatever it may be, right? And if you look back, there's pretty crucial things that to happen. the story further down the line that happen in those seasons. Absolutely. That, that doesn't mean just because they're my least favorite seasons of those shows don't mean doesn't mean they don't have episodes that I really like or that are very important to those shows and their storylines. Mm-hmm. Um but uh you know Steel did bring up a good point. Why didn't Din like after that whole thing in the mi- minds of Mandalore be like, "Hey, I think you kind of like I think this kind of bl- belongs to you." Was he just waiting until the right moment? You know, I think he was going to keep it unless he had to give it away. I got you. Is my feeling. Like, why bring it up unless you, you know, if it's going to be the key to getting Bo-Katan uniting us as Mandalorians, I'll pay that price, you know. But, uh, you know, don't, why give it up unless you have to? I mean, it is cool. I mean, it would be, like, I would be hesitant to give it away just because it's cool. It kind of looks like a katana. It's a, a he knows hand. that it makes him look like a leader amongst Mandalorians. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really dug this show uh, or this episode. I have a feeling, you know, the next two episodes are going to be very Mandalore centric. I would imagine, you know, um, Bo-Katan and her homies are going to go to Navarro, pick up those Mandalores, Mandalorians, and then they're off to retake Mandalore. Moff Gideon's going to get it in the mix, I must I'm say, sure. Like you said last week, 
you were saying, saying, I need to know the big boss. I need to know what's going. You know, I need to know what's going on with the villain. <laughs> we're gonna uh, find that's out. That's gotta happen. Soon. Yeah, that's you know, gonna be you're gonna like have next to have episode. a villain centric episode next. Yeah, you have to explain that girl and Moff Gideon. Um. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, the it's... fact that Moff Gideon was in like the recap for this episode, I was like, oh, he must be coming back soon. I, I thought so too, but. When you saw the recap, it was very centered around his ship, which showed up again, and the Darksaber, right? The fact mm-hmm. that he had the Darksaber before Doom. Um, now, you know, back in 2020, Disney did their whole presentation. That's where they announced, you know, that Mandalorian was going to be this big connected thing with Ahsoka, <laughs> Rangers of the New Republic, <laughs> um, and, you know, so on and so forth. They were going to combine. They also announced right. a bunch of other stuff, right? They announced the Rogue Squadron movie, Anomini Patre Spirit to Sankey. <laughs> uh, and one of the things they announced was a Lando series. Remember? They Yes. They announced a Lando series, and there has not been much word about that since. Well, I... this week, that kind of changed because... Um, Donald Glover did an interview with GQ, right? And he actually had something to say about it. So I'm going to play this for you so you can see it. And and our listeners should be able to hear it too. So check this out. This is what he had to say. I would love to play Lando again. It's a, it's a fun time to be him. It just has to be the right... It just needs to be the right way to do it. I'm all about like now it's like you know like time is precious i think everybody's like you know in the past couple of years this pandemic shit like really had people experience time in a way where they're like well why am i i I should be around oranges like and people you know like people kind of realize like their time is valuable you know you only get so much so like i'm not interested in doing anything that's just gonna be like a waste of my time or just a paycheck i'd much rather like you know spend time with people that I like enjoy. So it just has to be the right thing, which I think it could be. I mean, like Lando's definitely somebody I like to hang out with. So yeah, I mean, we're talking about it. That's as much as I can say. Okay. I mean, makes I a lot heard of that st- he was coming back for the community movie as well. Oh really? I didn't hear that. That came across my feed um, earlier today at some point. And I wondered if it was bullshit or not. I don't know if that's true. Uh, that's awesome. That is really awesome. Um, that's all right. Um, but I mean, like he he kind of laid it out. They're talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. has to be the right thing. So you know what that does give me hope, right? Is if it does happen where we get you know the Lando show or whatever it may be then he feels like it's the right way to do it, like that it's worthy of him coming back to do it. So that gives me hope, right? You know, it didn't sound like, oh, it's, you know, he didn't say, oh, it's definitely happening or, or, uh, you know, anything like that. But the door is open, right? It's it's the closest thing to any sort of update we've gotten on that since back in Mm -hmm. 2020 when that whole thing was announced. So I don't know. I came away, you know, a few months ago, we were listening to, remember there was that, um, 
that Oscar Isaac quote that everybody was freaking out about where he was like, yeah, you know, if Kathleen Kennedy called me and, you know, they had a good script, you know, we'd talk about coming back and doing more Star Wars where previously he was like, oh, I don't think I would do another Star Wars movie unless I needed to buy a new house or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I, you know, I remember when people were talking that up, listening and to the clip and watching the clip and being like, uh, I did not take that as positively as other people seem to. <laughs> this one, however, seems more positive and more hopeful at the very least. So I hope it happens. I, I hope would, it happens, too. He was a good Lando. Yeah, man. I really hope he comes back for the community movie. That would he make could me very to- he could totally hold his own series as Lando. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I would love for him to come back in the community movie. All right, buddy. Well, you want to hear from some of our friends, see what they thought of this week's episode? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So do I. It really puts a smile on my face. Hey, uh, listen, guys. If you want to send in a voicemail or an email, it couldn't be any easier. Blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. First up, we got our uh, message from our old buddy, the wizard Jacob. Let's hear what he has to say. What is up now, Halls and Will? I'm going to be real with you guys. I've been listening to a lot of Elvis Presley lately. And uh, I've come to realize that the entire career of Elvis has essentially been the metamorphosis of a caterpillar to butterfly. You have Elvis emerge, this crazy little caterpillar. And then next thing you know, he's shipped off to the army. He becomes the cocoon. And throughout the 60s, you know, the Elvis movies, he's a cocoon. And then, comeback special hits in 68. The crazy late 60s and into the 70s, Elvis becomes the butterfly. And, you know, the interest 
thing about the butterfly is you emerge to your full potential, but yet the butterfly is fleeting. It is just a short span in your life. And then you must begin anew. And that leads me into Star Wars. And throughout each trilogy, it kind of follows the metamorphosis of the butterfly. Every trilogy begins with a young, promising person they find in the desert. The desert being the decayed, old death of the last, you know, time span, essentially. And they must always begin anew and try to create something greater. And, you know, that's interesting. It's an entire microcosm of the macrocosm of the existence. And that's all within Star Wars, man. So if there was an episode 10 created, do you think it will continue to unfold the pattern of the universe and that the next person, the young person to uh, take over the reins of the next trilogy will just be found on a uh, desert planet? All right. Let me know your thoughts, Haas and Will. Mighty harvesters of blue. I'll check you guys later. Man, Jacob really, uh, he brought the big brain takes. Right. I feel like he was really reaching out to you, Will, living in the birthplace of Elvis. I know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Tupelo is where Elvis was born. Yeah. You know, he lived in Memphis, though. So, like. Yep. Well, man, listen, I ain't trying to break, break Jacob's heart by saying this, but I just have to get this out there. I don't really fuck with Elvis very much. Just, you know what it was <sighs> too much Elvis when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like my, my, it reminds me of my grandmother. My well, grandmother okay. loves Elvis. You know, Elvis reminds me of my mom a little bit. So for, you know, in that regard, like I'm all right with Elvis, but. I just don't find myself partaking in the Elvis very much myself. Um, so, this is the thing about an episode 10. You know, I always say it's a matter of when, not if. It will happen, you know. It's just a matter of when. What I'd kind of like to see, though, if they do an episode 10, there are definitely certain... Um, elements of star wars i'd like to see brought forward right the hero's journey the you know the the fight against light and dark i could probably so if they do it sooner rather than later and the key players from the sequel trilogy are all willing to return and um you know you know it's not it's not a situation where it's decades later, right? Like it was with the original trilogy cast, right? I think I'd almost kind of prefer if it doesn't start in the midst of some evil empire trying to 
conquer the galaxy, right? Because by the time, obviously, of the uh, original trilogy, the Empire has been around for a couple of like a couple of decades at that point, right? Mm-hmm. They're well established. They're evil. They're awful. By the beginning of the sequel trilogy, you know, the First Order's been around for a little bit, causing problems. This is really where they sort of emerge and take center stage as a threat to the galaxy, though. Mm-hmm. I would almost prefer if episode 10 starts off at, during a moment of relative peace and we see whatever emerging threat happens show up. I, I don't want it to just be the Empire 3.0, though. I would prefer it be something besides an evil empire for this right. the sequel to the sequel trilogy. Um, whether that's a threat from outside the galaxy or whatever it may be, right? Um, but, you know, I think I'd kind of personally like to see it sort of set a few years, maybe 10 years at the most post episode nine. And, you know, Ray and probably Finn have established, you know, some sort of new Jedi order. They're training people, you know, um, carrying on that, you know, Poe and everybody are trying to, you know, rebuild after the war and mm-hmm. and reestablish some sort of hope in the galaxy, and then something happens to upend that. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, the elements I think you got to have is you got to have like the dark side and the light side of the force battling it out again, right? That's you could pull another corrupt leader, but not see it coming. You know, you you with Palpatine, you saw it coming from the mm-hmm. very beginning, right? Mm-hmm. You could build, you know, you could build a Mon Mothma and then rug pull. She's she's the evil, you know, the Sith Lord mm-hmm. or whatever. And, you know, it seems like so like, OK, at the end of Rebels, right? Ezra and Thrawn get taken who the hell who the hell knows where, right? Outside of the known galaxy by some space whales, right? Like, they get taken somewhere mm-hmm. out yep. there. Exactly. Nowhere really special. Um, uh, the unknown regions, is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that yeah. I don't know if the unknown regions is like a an old you old eu stuff or if that's you know something that's sort of carried on in new canon i'm not quite sure but regardless the only reason i ask is because that was uh that was where one of the space battles in the star wars battlefront game mm-hmm. took place was mm-hmm. the unknown regions right i just feel like you know with cuz we know like without knowing the exact plot or anything, that that's going to be an element of like the Ahsoka show and stuff. Right. So could there right. be some unknown threat that they introduce in that, that story and the, the big interconnected Mando Ahsoka skeleton crew stuff, book of Boba Fett that emerges years and years later after episode nine, that could be kind of cool. You know, um, yeah. I don't know. What about, like, what would you like to see, Will? Like, if they were to do an episode 10, would you like to see it, you know, sort of 
remix and tread old ground with the desert planet and the you know what I mean? Like Um I don't necessarily need the desert planet, but um I don't know. I, I really don't need you. Like you said, I really don't need another empire mm-hmm. because we've seen that done several times. You know, I don't know. I don't know necessarily want like a use in Vong, like something that's force resistant. Yeah, no, nah, but I, like, I, I would like to see the villain mix it up a little bit. But I, when I say that at the same time, I want there to be a bad guy with a red lightsaber or multiple yeah, bad guys. Right. With red, Which you know means I mean? it's either got to be a dark Jedi or a Sith. Or, you know, you know, they could come up with something. I mean, they could come up with something that's got a different name, but is essentially fills the same role, you know, as a Sith. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Some there are there. I guess there are more than one ways to pervert the dark side of the force. Like, but I think then you have to get into the distinction of there's a difference between the dark side and Sith. I don't think they they really hit that that hard in any of these trilogies. No, and but there is, right? There is definitely right. it's more implied than explicitly stated and it's expanded on a little bit in like the um um clone wars and stuff, but not a ton, you know. So yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe they just get fucking weird with it and they go microbiotic. They they get all George Lucas's draft out of the drawer. And be like, let's do it, bro. Let's get microbiotic. Quantum mania. Star Wars. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we got a voicemail from Mr. 100, Kobe. Kobe. Hey, awesome. Well, it's your boy, Kobe, a.k.a. Mr. 100. How's it hanging? Hopefully it's hanging clean. You know the drill. It's been a while. I haven't talked to you guys in a while. I felt like I'm like, damn, I really got to just buckle down and write one in. I've been so busy lately. I just got to gotta do it. I'm behind on a few... A couple Blue Harvest episodes. I'm behind on a few Bad Batch episodes. I'm caught up on The Mandalorian, so I'm up. I'm up. I'm good with that, which is so unlike me because I'm usually like, bam, right as soon as that shit comes out, boom, 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 I'm watching it or I'm, you know, listening to the, to the podcast and everything like that. But just been life comes at you, you get busy, shit happens. Um, I've had movie theaters a lot on my mind a lot this week. So this or this last couple few weeks, month for a while, I guess I don't know how long. But um, that's kind of what it's going to be what my question is geared towards. It's going to be a little bit off track because I'm a little bit behind on the current happenings and conversations of the Bad Batch and a little bit of Mandalorian and all that. So um, it's going to be a little bit of a side question this week. Hopefully it doesn't kind of trample the vibe. Um, So movie theaters, right? I've been going to a lot more movies lately. I've been enjoying my local theater more than I have in a long time. Um, which is probably because of a lot of it from being shut down from COVID for so long and not going to a movie for like, you know, almost two or three years. And then all of a sudden I went to a movie again. I was like, damn, which this has been a while ago, but um, I went to a movie again a year or two ago and I was like, damn, this is, this is great. And I've been I've been enjoying movies a lot lately. I just went to the new Scream movie not that long ago, and and I'm I'm a huge Scream fan, so like that. Obviously, I was going to go to that, but um, but I've been thinking about Star Wars in the theater, and that's that's not been so enjoyable. That's not been so fun. Uh, theatrical releases for Star Wars have been kind of depressing lately because we aren't getting any, and every time we hear about one, it's getting shelved 
Damon Lindelof, Patty Jenkins, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's, it's really got me thinking this next Star Wars movie, in my opinion, at least the way I see things going, really has to kind of hit it out of the park because I'm not going to say we'll never get another Star Wars movie again if, if it, if it doesn't do well or get soloed or something like that. But I do think it's going to sway the future drastically on what they're going to do with theatrical releases and the way Disney's going to handle them going forward, at least. So I really think this next one really has hit it out of the park. So that in mind, what would you guys do? Um, you don't have to go crazy in depth and like, give me like a full freaking, uh, you know, screenplay or anything like that, but just get like a general idea, like what, what's kind of the vibe you would go for as far as if it was like a standalone or anthology movie, not like a trilogy or something like that, but just kind of more of a standalone. Um, what would you do? Like, what do you think, what do you think would bring people in and kind of quote unquote, not to be dramatic, but kind of save the theatrical releases for star Wars? Um, I just, I've been really taking advantage of the movie theater a lot more lately. I've, I've really grown a deep appreciation after not having it for so long during COVID and all that. And I know a lot of little, little towns like mine, their movie theaters shut down and that's, and you know, that's just really sad. And I've been trying not to take it for granted, especially when it comes to something like star Wars. So it's, it's just something that's been on my mind a lot lately. Um, as always, you know, you guys are the best. Keep it, keep it up. Keep it going. Keep moving got the best damn podcast in the world and appreciate you guys peace out have a good one oh kobe you just came in and trampled the vibe god damn no, i'm just kidding <laughs> oh man there's no way to kill this vibe you no man me? um so it's interesting that those were back to back so if you want my honest opinion i think the best idea is not to do an episode 10 right away I think you I think there still needs to be a little bit of time, not a ton, before we get an episode 10, right? <clears throat> if they wanted to announce an episode 10 in 2027, like in 2027 say, "Hey, it's the 50th anniversary of Star Wars, we're going to start working on episode 10, you know, the next trilogy." I think if Star Wars is going to have a healthy life in the theater you gotta take some sort of chance with it i think you gotta if it was if it was up to me completely unconnected to anything either so far in the past that there's no connection or so far in the future of the star wars timeline that it's it's um not connected and to me and, and, you know, not everyone's going to feel this way, but that opens up excitement for, you know, new characters. There's no baggage, you know, or expectation connected to any character that you could put in this epi- the, this movie. New ships, new aliens, new planets, you know what I mean? Like, it could be crazy. You could just go off the wall, and if you do that right then that becomes a new cornerstone for more stories in that era. And I don't mean, as much as I love Tales of the Jedi and Knights of the Old Republic, I don't mean, you know, it doesn't even have to be that, right? Because there's right. already expectations and and baggage attached to either of those. So, like... Not a rehash. 
I yeah, I think something new, exciting, and a new era of Star Wars would be the healthiest thing for Star Wars. If they could find a way, you know, if, if it was really well written, if it was just beautiful, excellent special effects, characters and actors and actresses that people really connected to. Because the sequel trilogy did a good job with that, right? I do think it did a good job connecting people to those characters, and and I thought the casting was pretty spot on, right? Like, replicate that, but in an error that's not connected to anything that we've seen yet. So, and like I said, if you do that and it's super successful, then that just opens up so many potential sequels or tv shows or animated series books comics all this stuff right like i just think that 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 is would be the most intriguing for me right the most intriguing proposition will they do that doubtful i mean maybe one day but i don't i just don't know that i have faith in them to completely disconnect from what we know of as Star Wars. When in my mind, the the real elements of Star Wars that you could carry over to make it feel and be Star Wars, if you did it in an unconnected era, would be, you know, the Force, the light side and dark side, like, you know, hope, good conquering evil, you know, the, the mm-hmm. real foundational shit that makes star wars star wars and then just build up weird and new from there right that's what i right what about you buddy no i think you're absolutely right that's what i was gonna say you know something like andor where with the exception of mon mothma i get to know all new characters like i know it's in a specific timeline yeah that we're already familiar with but the deep i guess immersion into the world and Mm -hmm. the stakes for the characters seem so dire and so I don't know um, threatening and kind of damned no does that make sense like when I say I I, it makes a hundred percent sense buddy when I say you know something unconnected that's not me shitting on anything we're getting now because I think there's a lot of really good shit being done in no. established eras of Star Wars and or being I, like the gold standard in a lot yeah, of ways. That's kind of what I was saying. I just said that to say if we could get something brand new, mm-hmm. right, with brand new characters to learn, they're discovering the force, like something brand new without a connection to something else. Like you said, you know, somewhere in the storyline, that's what it really needs. Like, it really needs a connection to something, new characters to explore. And that's what I was talking about, Andor, you mm-hmm. know. And the threat, you know, we were talking about the bad guy. Like, it's very ominous in the show. Like, it's oppressive. You know, and that's compelling. That's compelling to watch. To it me, is. I guess. And, like, you know, and I don't, I don't disagree with this idea, like, where people are like, it would be kind of cool to see, like, ancient jedi and sith shit meaning even further back than like knights of the old republic like yeah uh, maybe like the dawn of the jedi order you know they did a comic book series called dawn of the jedi that sort of uh, explored a lot of that back in the dark horse days and it was cool but i also think like you got to be careful with that kind of stuff because you don't want to over explain it and yeah and and 
lessen the mystery of it all, right? Exactly. Like exactly. So you got to be real careful. Now, if the fact that it was a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far right. away is really kind of it's kind of neat because it, um, you're like when, like how long ago, you know? But you don't know how far back it goes, and you can't go too far back and like kind of step on the toes of something you've already done in the future and like the cool thing about star wars fandom is star wars fandom can support there's so many interests they can support so much so you could do something new in a new era and eventually a sequel trilogy and when a good story came about something set during the original trilogy but i just think you can't keep retreading stories in the same timeline like part of the exciting thing about mando to me is that it's post return of the Jedi, <clears throat> which right now is one of the least explored areas right. of the Star we're Wars figuring timeline. out what the galaxy is like because right. we have no idea right so um i just hope somebody takes a chance with something new and exciting with any of the star wars we're getting up and plus right. like by the way, I also get it. That's a scary prospect. You could put a lot of work, money, and effort into establishing this new era of Star Wars, and it might not land with people, right? Mm-hmm. And then what do you do? I don't know, man. If it was up to me, it would be a Boba Fett movie where he travels back in time, and he teams up with uh, Tar Vizsla, the creator of the Darksaber. They kiss. They're best friends. I don't know. <laughs> Some adventure. Mando, Jedi, and Boba Fett hanging out. You know what they do? They get they figure out time travel. They go back and fix the fact that he was missing from two episodes of his own goddamn show. All right, next up we got one from Sam. Howdy, Halls and Will. What I was we- thinking the, the fall of Octu would be a cool story, like how it became deserted or whatever. You can make a whole movie about the fall of Octu, like the temple or whatever. Or how it was just the caretaker, how it became just the caretaker. Yeah, like there is, see, that's one of the things, right? Like I would flip out to see a story set on Octu when the Jedi were active there, right? Right. But I get a feeling that that is probably ancient, ancient ass Star Wars lore, right? Um, Mm -hmm. You would have to be real careful about it, but the idea of that is very cool to me. Very, very cool to me. Um, all right. This is from Sam. Howdy, Halls and Will. What a week for Mando. I was a little lukewarm on the episode on my first watch, but further thinking on it and listening to Halls' immediate reaction helped me digest and appreciate it more. My question this week, though, is about all of the droid stuff this week. Was I the only one thought he'd be getting the new memory core from IG-11 from the droid bar or the Ugnots? Does it feel like some storylines are being introduced and then dropped this season? It's not a gripe. It's more that I am curious about the structure of how this season is going. Thanks for everything, guys. And glad we can all have some serious FOMO from our internet pals in London. Have a great week and talk to you soon. Best wishes, Sam. Thanks, Sam. <coughs> so, to me it is weird, right? Like, that in the very first episode of this season... And the second episode as well, like a big focus was Din being like, I got to rejoin or uh, rebuild. Um, I got to rebuild IG-11 and get him to fucking help me go spelunking. And then he was just like, ah, never mind. Seems too tough. That being said, well, that's going to circle back around. 
maybe IG droid parts are so rare. It's not like you can just go looking for them. Oh yeah, that's like, I mean they established that. to happen across them. <laughs> they certainly established that, right? That that yeah. that like that memory core unit that he needs is very rare, right? Um I also don't think that the that IG11 story is wrapped up. That's going to circle back around eventually. That it no. was they've clearly set up shit like that to pay it off down the road. Whether they always do that the most gracefully and effectively, that's up for debate. But the fact that they set that stuff up for it to pay off later, I don't think is. I think we will see that. <clears throat> Maybe even next episode. Like, they're going back to Navarro probably to pick up all those other Mandos. They don't have ships. Well, guess who just uh, it recruited a bunch of Mandos with a bunch of ships? Bo-Katan and Denjarin. Maybe IG-11 will be along for the ride. All right, next up we have an email from Robert. Okay, so I'm only a few minutes into this week's episode of Mando, but I got to say this is amazing so far. An Imperial Star Destroyer always looks so good in the Disney Star Wars era. I love how they look almost more white than gray. I remember seeing them in Rogue One and loved the look and how crisp everything looks in HD. And Lucasfilm doesn't disappoint when it comes to their ship CG. Now to the cameos. I was starting to write this email when I had only known Jack Black was in the episode. But Christopher Lloyd, too? I'm going to finish this email when the episode is over, but I had to get my thoughts out now on what I've seen so far. Also, Grogu was so cute when he jumped over to Lizzo's lap and she was feeding him little bites off her plate. I was cracking up. One episode later. Geez, that was a good episode. Bryce Dallas Howard produces another banger. What a weird episode. I was sitting laughing to myself at how absurd it was that we would be getting a police procedural episode that had such a Clone Wars feeling to it. I loved it so much. Seeing the droids from Star Tours was also an amazing Easter egg. The original is my all-time favorite Disney ride. I'm convinced now that the titular Mandalorian for this season is Bo-Katan and not Din because Bo is getting everything she dreamed of this season. And she deserves it. My question to you guys this week would be, what other cameos would you love to see in Star Wars now that we have freaking Jack Black, Lizzo, and Christopher Lloyd? And put a caveat on it, no Vladi Divock, our lost alumni? God damn it! Sorry, Halls. May the force be with you both, Robert. Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's too easy. Give me another one. Give you another one? Robert yeah. England. Ooh, that would be good. He played Freddy Krueger. It'd be was, good. And was Mark Hamill's roommate. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, they were roommates when Mark Hamill got the Star Wars job. Um, oh, that's cool. Uh, anybody from Tool. Preferably Adam Jones, because he's a big goddamn nerd who mm. loves Star Wars and sci-fi and comic books and shit. Um. Another celebrity cameo, Will Witten. I'd like to see Will Witten in Star hey, Wars. Hey, hey, put me there. Galaxy far, far You want to talk about uh, a surprise cameo that would probably cause me to have a heart attack? If I had been sitting on my couch Tuesday or early uh, Wednesday morning at 2 a.m. <clears throat> and that door opened up to the banquet and Will was sitting at that table with Lizzo instead of Jack Black, this would be the first annual Hall's Memorial episode of Blue Harvest. I would have died. 
Oh my god, I wouldn't have been a very good friend if I went to go shoot for Star Wars and bring you along as my entourage. Nah, man. If they were like, you got to keep it secret from your co-host, I would never begrudge you that. I would never I'd be like, this is my agent. This is he handles all of this is my manager. Uh, yeah, and they'd be I like, can't do this, um, Mister Witten. Your agent just cor- uh, cornered Mister Favreau <laughs> and was berating him about taking Boba Fett out of two episodes of his own series. We got to talk. Uh, who would you like to see celebrity cameos? Will you know my mind kind of is blanking, but I know I think we've talked about this before. Walter Goggins would be kind of cool, mm-hmm. I guess, as mm-hmm. like a smuggler kind of Cobb Vance kind of character. Um, I don't know. Ooh, I'm really kind of drawn to blank. The lady that played Britta from uh, Community. Oh, she would be cool. Shh, yeah, she would sheesh, be cool. Um, Sal Perales as Sal Quinlan Perales. Voss. That would be cool. Uh, Vision. Who's the guy that did Vision? Oh, he was already a villain. Paul Bettany. Yeah, yeah, he Paul was already Bettany. Dryden Voss. Yeah. Old, old, scar-faced head-ass. He'd get real mad and his scars come out. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> He's a good actor. All right, next up, we got one from our buddy Jim. Good evening, Halls and Will. How the hell are you? Man, I, I gotta say, that was... Like, that was my favorite episode of the season. I can't believe people are pitching such fits over uh, over it. But uh, to me, it's it's the best. I mean, it's the best so far. They, they hate, they're hating on her boy, Jables. Um, I mean, they thought it was just too much. To me, it's like if he did uh, Two Kings, there's a Two Kings reference, or... We uh, beat the bastards of City Hall to get here, or something like that. That would have uh, been too much. Um, or if, <laughs> I mean, just for speaking, he didn't have to speak English. He could have been like, he could have just done his gibberish or busted out a saxophone. They could have made that lady that discovered the nanites uh, that said it's illegal. Um, they could have made that KG. They could have made that rage cage, but they did, <laughs> you know? That would have been All too much. All they did was they traveled in tubes, okay? <laughs> that is respectable. That's <laughs> class. <laughs> but uh, basically, <laughs> I think we got... So Jack Black can kill it as an actor i think he does a great job in certain movies but in this i'm pretty sure he gave us the same exact voice that he serves pancakes to his kids with you know uh not you know but he played his part he did he did his job and he was part of this completely scooby-doo uh episode i mean it was very clone wars i mean it it it, i'm surprised filoni had nothing to you know didn't write and direct this episode uh he just it it was very clone wars but i loved it guys i i hope that you guys did as well i know it was super goofy but i loved it and that fight at the end are you kidding me that was oh gosh so good 
But uh, my question is, uh, this felt more like se- a season one episode to me in the way that it felt like everything got wrapped up, something happened and got wrapped up all in one shot. And that, that was a big, it seemed like it happened a lot more in episode in uh, season one. But what do you guys think? Is this uh, more season one-ish to you or nah? All right, guys, Ignite the Green. Oh, and do you think they're going to continue after the IG-11 memory thing or not? (laughs) Buddy, we already hit that. We already hit that part. Um, So You say, you know, as far as, I don't know, taking a risk, this is more episode one, more season one-like. Season two, I mean, it took a lot of risks, but, like, it played with the heavy hitter storyline-wise. We're talking Ahsoka, Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. you know, getting Grogu, we're going Boba Fett. Like. Well, yeah. So listen, the first season was very so there was a, a prevailing plot protecting Grogu, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the first two or three episodes of season one, he he got Grogu, he took him back, he decided, hey, I don't want to leave him with this Empire douche. Now I'm going to protect him, right? But after that, Jim is kind of right. Like, it was sort of a, an adventure of the week feel. It was very fun right. and, and well done. Yeah. Um, and then in season two, right, they were like, bro, reference galore. Cobb Vanth, Boba Fett, Ahsoka, Luke Skywalker. You know what I mean? Like, they just mm-hmm. kept. Bo-Katan showed up in that Bringing season. the heavy. Right. And in season three, it's a little bit of a mix of that. Because, like, you know, he's right about this episode. It was kind of an adventure of the week, but it was bookended by events that moved the overall plot along. Yeah, major seasonal story mark You could say the same thing about the last episode, too. Uh, Navarro gets attacked by pirates. The Mandalorians show up and help him out. It's bookended by plot stuff that moves the plot around. So I, I mm-hmm. think he's right. I think you know, um, it's just <clears throat> I don't know. Like I, I agree with Jim. I thought it was fun. It was goofy. Like I never once have I said that this episode wasn't goofy, but it was my brand of goofy, the yeah. kind of goofy I enjoy. I feel like this season is kind of drawing on some traditional comic book kind of tropes, you know, like that get told in comic books. Um, the pirate angle, mm-hmm. right? The buddy cop angle, the, um, I don't know, the saving the hero's ass and then, you know, aligning, like mm-hmm. a, a forming a, a, a team, uh, an alliance. Yeah, and, uh, you know, um, I didn't even think about it, but our buddy Robbo, by the way, who I am happy to report also loved this episode, said, yeah. was messaging me on Discord this week after he watched it, and um, he brought like he brought up a good point that a lot of this episode feels a lot like the old Star Wars newspaper comic strips mm-hmm. from back in the day. Like that, you know, they've collected in in omnibuses and stuff, but you know, it, it's definitely a weird, not as often explored vibe of Star Wars as that sort of newspaper comic strip version of Star Wars, right? Um, but I dug it. I like Goofy. Now, what I, I wouldn't want every episode of this series to be this, right? No, but it is refreshing to have this in there. Yes, to just have some fucking fun. 
you know? So, yeah, yeah. It's like an amusement park, kind of. Yeah. It's like a Star Wars amusement park. It's fast food, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't eat fine dining every day. I can't afford it. But I also don't need to eat fast food every day. I'm going to die. So, um, all right. Next up, this, this is our last email. This is from our buddy Kevin. He says, hello, gentlemen. I'm reporting to you from Philadelphia. I visited the Franklin Institute where I saw the Disney 100 exhibit. I wanted to pass along these photos. Great for podcasting, I know. Here are a few things that caught my eye. Feel free to describe them to our fellow moisture farmers. Thanks, Kevin Thrasher. So he's got the Skywalker saber from Rise of Skywalker after Ray oh, repaired nice. it. That's cool. That's one of the better looks I've seen of that prop where it's got like the the burn marks and stuff on the yeah, upper part that's there. that's well done. Mm-hmm. Ooh, one of the sacred Jedi texts from The Last Jedi. Love it. That's cool. Hans Dice. Hans Dice. Bruh, and a can of Dharma Initiative grape drink mix from Lost. Fuck, that's cool. And a Dharma water bottle in the back. That's cool. You know, when they finished, after the last season of Lost, they did a huge auction of props and shit. And I bid on a couple of Dharma water bottles because those were really the only thing in my price in my budget. Didn't right. win one, but damn, I wish I had. Damn, I wish I had. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if Lost will ever come back one day. Will I wonder? Lost? You mean the island itself? The show? Like, will they ever do more Lost? Will they ever do a sequel series or like a spinoff or a? Probably lost again. <laughs> lost again. Woof, maybe. That'll probably be what it is. <laughs> be like when they brought heroes back and people totally forgot about it. It'll be a different set of like people. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll just keep Hurley, Hurley and Ben. All right, buddy. Well, that does it for this week. Thanks for recording with me, my man. Dude, thanks for recording with me. Listen, guys, if you haven't already, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. Um, If you enjoy our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And speaking of Stoned Cobra, check out me and our buddy Steve on the High Potion podcast every Monday talking about video games. It's a good time. You're going to get one of the most well-informed two of the most well-informed people out there about video games in general and the consoles that you play them on you will also get two of the funniest motherfuckers i've ever heard in my life so like you can't go wrong well it's great buddy shit i'm gonna put that on a high potion t-shirt that whole quote dot 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 will all right, but guys, so we'll we'll uh, so keep an eye out on the feed sometime this weekend. With any luck, me and King Tom will be talking about at least the Lucasfilm panel, and then next week, Will and I will uh, talk about that and any other celebrations uh, announcements, as well as the next episode of Mando. So, until then, this has been Blue Harvest. And I'm Hans Burkhart, and I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us.